live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. Brissett back to pass. Lux throws. Middle. Cooper caught it. Touchdown! Brissett to Cooper for the second game in a row. Brissett takes the snap. Back. Looking. Firing. Up in the air. Caught. Touchdown! David Njoku! Chubb will be the tailback. Froholt the fullback. They turn. They give it to Chubb. He vaults. He spins. He lands. Touchdown! It's time for Cofield and Company. On ESPN Las Vegas. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday. Getting down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Partying, partying. Partying, partying. Yeah? Rebecca Black, welcome. What's up, Rena? How you guys doing? It is Cofield and Company. From the Golden Circle at TI. Come on down. Hang out. So much to get into this hour. It's gonna be it's gonna be wild. We got Damian Barlin coming up, talk some Bay Area, Bay Area football, other sports happenings going on up there. Stanford Route, former Raider, joining us in just a little bit as well. We're getting you getting you ready for the weekend in the NFL, which man, there could be some good games and some games very, very impacted by injury as well. I uh, do you I, I like, I like one in particular college football game this okay. year. Uh, and you know, Gooch and I give out our best bets. Sure. Gooch and you, which would be Willie Ramirez. I'm Adam Hill here. Steve Cofield on assignment. He'll be joining us next hour. Uh, so you guys do that on Saturday morning. Will the game have already started by then? No. Uh, no. Oh, for Sunday you're saying? Uh, no, we give out best bets generally I, you know now that i think about it i think i lost for the first time in seven weeks last week because i think if i'm not mistaken wasn't my best it was my best bet i think that my best bet was the raiders they crapped on me sure they did not they fell apart in the game for sure yeah uh okay well people but won't. i've given but we were giving out because we were giving out preseason games and then the first couple of weeks to throw the flag and then we we're giving out college games but i was undefeated i think gooch lost twice so in seven weeks we were like Whatever that would be, fourteen game, twelve and two. Now, or maybe it was uh, no. Last week was week seven. So, and I don't know what he gave out last week. Anyway, I have tomorrow's game. But I, you know, Steve's been asking me what my best bets are when we're down here on Friday. So, you know, if you want it, I have an underdog that's going to win outright. Okay. Tomorrow. Okay. You going to share it with our with our friends that are listening? Yeah, I'm going to wait till. Our guest is on in the 5 o'clock hour because... He, well, do it, do it now because there's some people listening that won't be listening in the 5 o'clock hour. That's their, that's their problem. I like Rutgers. Oh, boy. Steve's not going to like that. Steve Cofield, who's not here, big Rutgers guy. He's not going to like that you have them, but hopefully you don't jinx them. We'll find out later why. I'm not a mush. That's the play, but we'll find out later why it's the play. But let's get to it. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. Thursday night football. Last night, the weekend starts. The NFL weekend starts always with Thursday. Going to look at what did we learn from the game last night. I don't know if there's a whole lot of lessons from the teams. I know the first thing we learned is that the elf, Brownie, is awesome. 
I love it. Not only the one that's painted on the field, but also the one that's kind of hanging out and messing with Ryan Fitzpatrick before the game. Brownie the Elf is cool. So that's that's takeaway one. Okay. Were you not a fan of Brownie? I wasn't paying attention at the beginning. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's been the big talk in the NFL for like three weeks since they painted um, on the field. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I didn't. I just haven't been. I mean, I was out of it last night. I don't want to okay. get it. I, 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 I got home from Golden Knights camp, had the game on, and then passed out. Still had to write a story for AP for the overnight, right, that we put in the PM uh, queue. Woke up. Pittsburgh was winning, I think, when I fell asleep. But when I woke up, and the game had changed. I was half asleep. I had I grabbed the laptop. I, I had the game on. I went ahead and just worked. Instead of going to my office, I worked on the couch. And I, I, I just was kind of watching in disgust at what I was watching in terms of the Steelers. And um, so, yeah, I wasn't really paying attention. So, Browns got their running game going, obviously. Nick Chubb, a little <laughs> bit of a short passing game with Kareem Hunt. The lack of T.J. Watt in the lineup certainly <laughs> impacts yeah. that and yeah. allows uh, opponents to control the line of scrimmage against the Steelers. Uh, the Steelers' offensive line is atrocious. And so I know the big takeaway that a lot of people want to have from last night is, hey, it's Kenny Pickett time in Pittsburgh. Slow down, first of all. Uh, I don't know that he's ready, and I, I think if he were – Mike Tomlin would know, and I think Mike Tomlin would go with him. Mike Tomlin's not a guy for you know for building for the future. He's a guy playing for now. And if Kenny Pickett was going to help now, I think he'd already be in the game. Now, maybe that changes over the next couple of days. This is a good time with a couple extra practices, a couple extra days off between Thursday night and next Sunday uh, to make a change like that and to get a guy ready to play. But uh, I just don't know that I would make that switch. I know Mitch Trubisky isn't playing great but he also was playing behind in a terrible offensive line that, yeah. and I don't know that you want to ruin a rookie quarterback by throwing him out there in front of them and the, the, the biggest thing is you got to get the running game going and without that offensive line you're not going to be able to do that Najee Harris is doing everything he can but it's tough the, the Steelers thought they had improved significantly the offensive line it just hasn't really happened and they they're going to be in trouble I know I believe in Mike Tomlin. He's never had a losing season. I don't know that it happens this year, but they've got work to do to try to improve in a lot of areas, and the offensive line is certainly one of them. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> it sounds like a familiar theme that we've talked about a lot the last year and a half um, here in Las Vegas, but I'm, I mean, it's I'm right there with you, you know, uh, and I have a bet going with Cofield of when Kenny Pickett will jump in and be the starter, and, um, you know, I think Trubisky and uh, – and Harris are doing, the, like you said, they're doing their best. I mean, he finishes 20 of 32, 207 yards, didn't throw a pick, you know, 62% uh, completion percentage. Najee Harris, 15 attempts, 56 yards with a touchdown. But there's only so much you can do until, you know, until that defensive line just wears you down. And if the protection's not there and the work is not there, it's, it, it's going to show up. And it's going to wear you down. And as we saw last night, Cleveland just hung in there and just kept getting physical. And on their side of the ball, like you said, I mean, I was sitting there watching that game and watching uh, Chubb and Hunt. Chubb getting, uh, obviously, the, the majority of the work, 113 yards on 23 attempts, one touchdown. And I was actually thinking about, because, as I said, I woke up, right, mid-game, and I started typing the story on Derrick Henry and how they're going to stop. And I'm thinking to myself, 
this is what it could look like on Sunday if Tennessee, as you said, if they wake up and just it clicks. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, Pittsburgh's got some issues that they got to work out. If they if the one thing that they have going for them is Mike Tomlin, because if there's some guy that's going to get the best out of his players or get something to work or have to make the change, it's going to be Mike Tomlin. Number three. All right, we don't. I haven't seen in the last hour. We might have may have had an update, but right now it just seems like a lot of speculation, a lot of innuendo and hypotheses. It sounds like Taylor Swift might be the choice for the Super Bowl halftime show. Initial thoughts. I, I see, uh, since I sent that over, I don't know if you had already heard it too, um, but I have seen two updates. Um, Taylor Swift is not headlining Super Bowl halftime oh. show despite the report. We'll see. Are they just shooting it now? Maybe. Maybe they don't have a big unveiling. Obviously, the switch uh, over to Apple Music as the big sponsor of the halftime show. Uh, got a lot of people guessing and trying to figure out what it's going to be. I Let's just say, if it is Taylor Swift, it's not my thing necessarily, but I think it's a tremendous choice. Like, she's is whatever you feel about her, she's got a ton of hits. Right. People love it. It's not about football fans. If you're a football fan, like, oh, I don't like Taylor Swift. Not for you. You're going to watch the game anyway. Uh, it'll bring a lot of people in, and I'm excited about the c- potential collaborators, including uh, I actually was having a debate a couple weeks ago that one Same. of one of Taylor Swift, excuse me, one of Kendrick Lamar's best features is actually on a Taylor Swift song. Maybe Kendrick Lamar comes out. There's a lot they could do. Uh, I think she would put on a great show. So I'm in. I w- I'm with you. You know, I'm not a Taylor Swift. I'm not a Swifty, as they they're called. But these days with the Super Bowl show, it it's the the headliner is what grabs you. But it's it's the speculation of who's going to show up, like you said, right? And so. I think she would draw, but you know what I think would be unbelievably hilarious but could go over? Could you see her getting Kanye? <laughs> I, mean, it would just, I don't know if you'd do so. It would be great. It would, it, would, be it, would be, it would be just such a great gimmick after, you know, what they've been through. And But I, overall, I think to definitely, uh, you know, my number one will always be Prince. I know last year's was your favorite, and it yeah, certainly was, ranks right there. Up, so for, cool. Yeah, for me, it ranks right up there. I loved it, um, and it wouldn't be something that I'm going to be like. I, I like. I don't go into it going, "Well, Taylor Swift, I'm going to write home about," you know. But I think that she would put together a great show because she's a great entertainer, she's a great performer, and I think she could put together a class act, an entire production. Number two, Emei Doka. Listen, this story changes every ten minutes, so. All I will say is, whatever your opinion is now, listening to what is going on with, in Boston with Ime Hidoka, slow down. Yeah. Slow down. Take a breath. A lot of people reacted in the last 24 hours and said things that they have already taken back because they've learned new information, heard new things. Something wild is going on there. Wild. And we don't know what it is. We don't know the details or the facts of it yet. So all I will say on this, slow down. Don't You don't have to... React to everything right away. You don't have to judge anything. I know our job, a lot of that is reacting right away, but you don't have to. You can say, hey, let's wait for what's what's coming out because it seems like people have said things and then been told, hey, you might want to think about this because that's not really what it is, and they've had to change their tune. So just take a breath on this. I don't have an opinion on what's taken place. The only problem that I have 
is that what we have in terms of the facts that have been brought out is a situation in that he has been suspended for one year for having a consensual relationship. Correct? Maybe. Well, that's what's being told. Sure. Okay. So, if that's correct, let's just say if it's correct. If the allegation is correct, I don't like the fact that for two reasons that we're not hearing the other person's name. Number one, you've had all these idiots that have gone to the Celtics website, grabbed the pictures of every woman that they could and said, here's who it is or here's who it could be or here's this. And that, and that, and now, how damaging can that be for their personal lives, especially if they're married? But the other thing is, if in fact it was a consensual relationship, and if in fact it's team policy, didn't she break team policy too? Sure, but I don't. I if if he had a consensual relationship with somebody, and they just broke up, and that's it. There's zero chance that this would be. They wouldn't say that's the company policy and you're out. That's not what this is. Right. So they, <laughs> well, they, be. they better figure it out. They better yeah. figure it out. For they sure. So. Number one. All right. We, uh, we, we were coming up very quickly uh, on our good friend Damian Barling. He'll join us in a couple minutes. Uh, so we are going to get into do you care about Aaron Judge potentially hitting number 61? And I'll just say right now, no, I don't. Right. Uh, people have broken it. We've gone over it. Uh I think that a lot of people are interested, and I get why. We can get into that a little more later. Uh, but Damian Barling, coming up next, we'll find out what he has to say. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a nice little addition at the quarterback spot. I'm, I'm sure you, when you think about this Kittle, I don't know the status on Kittle, but I believe he's practicing for whatnot. I don't know 100%, but they got some pieces on that offensive side of the ball. Their defense is solid and sound. Denver has struggled to put points on the board. I'm taking the Niners. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Let that play a little bit. It's Friday. Getting into getting into the groove a little bit. Like it. Big weekend ahead. We are down here at the TI inside the Golden Circle. Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez, Steve Cofield along in a little bit. He is on the road with the Rebels. Wanted to check in on what's going on up in California uh, as we have our, uh, our Reno listeners here joining us uh, this week. We, we're very excited for you guys and uh, know you love Northern California sports as well. So Damian Barling is our guy up there. You're going to hear him on D'Lo and Casey on ESPN 1320, noon to 4, and so many other plays as well. Follow him up on Twitter. See all of his spots at Damian Barling. How you doing, sir? I'm good, man. Great to be with you guys again. Appreciate you. For sure. Let's uh we want to get into some of what's going on up in California, but a former California team is the Raiders. Man. What have you oh. thought of this start so far? Yeah. I I thought really highly of them. It, it, I might have jumped out the window with them headed into the season. Like I I I I thought they were really good. I'm not of the belief that like their season is over because they're 0 and 2. The losses are 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 concerning. That loss against Arizona is just absolutely brutal. To look back on there's there's no excuse for it and a lot of things will get called into question like Derek Carr who remains a massive question mark uh for the Las Vegas Raiders virtually all of the time and you know Josh McDaniel some of his conservative play calling there 
there late in the game. Now they're headed into this weekend with Hunter Renfro injured, and, and or he's out this week. Uh, Josh Jacobs is is questionable, and they're going against the zero and two, another zero and two team that's a little bit wounded at the same time. I, it, it, I'm 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 disappointed in the Raiders. Like I, I wanted a lot more from them this season, and I honestly thought it was there. Like I thought the roster was there. I thought the run game was there. You know nothing about the combination of Derek Carr and Devontae Adams is disappointed at all, and it's just especially that game against the Cardinals so disappointing. So I'll, I'll ask you this, and to transition a little bit, who do you have more faith in long term this year, Raiders or Niners? Well, I did the the, the the 49ers for sure. Like, I, I had a lot more faith in the 49ers headed into the season because I, I, I think the, the roster, I think the 49ers roster is one of the best. It, it, it's one of the most balanced in the entire league, and I think their defense is tough. With Bosa healthy, Fred Warner, Eric Armstead, the secondary has been really solid. They have got Jimmy Ward back yet, Jason Barrett. Uh, will be on his way back soon. Ufonga is like a, a crowd favorite right now. Their defense can carry things uh, for this team as they're, <laughs> as you may have heard, the offense is in a, a, a kind of a mini transition here uh, from what they thought would be the plan. So I, I've got I, I, I got a lot more faith in the San Francisco 49ers. Would you have faith in the Niners if Trey Lance had not got hurt? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, me and my partner, KC, we're, we seem to be the only ones who – think this way but I and I understand the um like uh you know growing pains that you would expect a young quarterback to have and in, in, in kind of playing through some things learning the game like I, I completely you know get people's apprehension and fear with, with Trey Lance in that regard and feeling more comfortable with Jimmy Garoppolo but what people seem to have conveniently forgot regarding Jimmy Garoppolo is it was just last year that this fan base was furious with him he would throw an interception. He would throw a couple of interceptions uh, at certain points. And you go back and you look at that game against Dallas in the playoffs. The only reason the Cowboys were in the game was because Jimmy Garoppolo turned the ball over. And everyone has seemed to conveniently forget about that. I like Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's a really good quarterback. I think there's some. I think he's a good quarterback, and I think there's some really good things that he can do on the on on the field. But I felt like. Everything was exactly the same. Like it, it, it was, a, it's a unique situation where your starting quarterback got hurt, but you didn't lose much, or you didn't lose anything by putting in your backup. Some people think they got better. We even talked to uh, someone in Denver this week who was like, "Yeah, we're far more nervous for Jimmy Garoppolo than we were for Trey Lance." I didn't think like that. Uh, I, I, I think they, regardless of who the quarterback was, the expectation was Super Bowl, and I, I, I think it remains the same now with Jimmy Garoppolo. Damien, I know this is a good problem to have, but let's look ahead in the future. Let's say they win the Super Bowl. They win the Super Bowl. What yeah. happens? It, 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 it's funny because this is the same exact, like we're just kicking the can down the road. These are the <laughs> same questions we were asking last year that we can't get answers to because, because Trey Lance got hurt. This year it feels a little bit different, though, because I feel like if Jimmy wins the Super Bowl, the, you still lose him. And the reason you do that is he probably – you go to the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo goes to the Super Bowl. He's commanding $100 million. I mean, at least he's probably commanding like 160 49ers don't have that. Part of the reason they went with the young quarterback is because when you have a young quarterback, you pay 
a young quarterback. You pay a young quarterback, young quarterback money. And that's a lot different than veteran quarterback who's been to the Super Bowl. And you've got Nick Bosa that you, you, you still got to deal with. He's going to get a bag. You just played Fred Warner. Uh, you, you know, you still got Eric Armstead's deal, George Kittle's deal, Debo Samuel just got some money. I mean, you, you've got a really good roster intact, and I don't know what type of salary cap gymnastics you can do to land a hundred, probably sixty million dollar guaranteed quarterback. I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers win the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo becomes the starting quarterback and very, very, very wealthy somewhere else. Speaking of Damian Barling, host of D'Lo and KC, ESPN 1320 up in Sacramento, here on Cofield & Company, ESPN Radio, and we're at Treasure Island. So, Damian, let's kick the can back up the road. <laughs> this Sunday, yeah. uh, they face a familiar foe in Russell Wilson, who happens to be 16-4 and against the Niners during his career, 8-2 and since Kyle Shanahan became head coach. But... Mm. They're off to a little bit of a slow start with Hackett as the coach. Your thoughts on this Sunday night's game? Yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson is the boogeyman for the 49er fan base for sure. Um, I, 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 this, is, this is super interesting to me because we were talking about how good. And, and the other thing about Denver is their defense. Is good. Like, I think the 49ers are one, and it kind of depends on what metric you look at. But I, I know in some of the, the, the rankings, the quarterback, the, the 49ers are the number one defense in the league like Denver's like third or fourth like they're they're really close to the top of the list too which I think makes this match even more compelling and then you've got the Russell Wilson dynamic in you know they've had those two you know they had the two plays against Seattle where they turned the ball over like inside the one yard line which almost seems impossible to do but they did it and then they had the you know longest field goal in history attempt which it's a bad start Nathaniel Hackett you had some drive stall you know, last Sunday. So I feel like they have some things to work out offensively. And I wonder if, I wonder if they're going to throw some things at the 49ers this week that they haven't seen on film. I wonder if Nathaniel Hackett is going to turn over some of the play calling, like in the flow of the game to Russell Wilson and allow him to play a little bit more in the flow of the game, like he did in Seattle. Um, that's one of the things that concerns me the most about this game as, as, as it pertains to the 49ers and Russell Wilson is I feel like they've got the Denver Broncos got a few things tucked away that that 49ers defense isn't going to see on any film that they're watching. Wouldn't that just free up Nathaniel Hackett to make time management decisions and ruin things even more? Oh. So, <laughs> I, oh, oh, Nathaniel Hackett is going to have to get past that really quickly <laughs> because when it comes down to the quarterback or the coach, the quarterback always wins. Whether it's your first year or not, so he, he he's you know he's a first year head coach trying to stall him out a little bit, but I, I didn't quite understand that hire. But that you know I'm not I'm not going to pretend to be a, a, a coaching expert. Like I know where he's from and what he's done. I, I thought that was a strange hire by 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 the Denver Broncos, and it's not it's not paying off well. But we're two weeks into the season; he's got some time to figure it out. Tell Mike McCarthy been a coach for twenty years; he doesn't know how to manage the clock. <laughs> Well, maybe not for long, though. Uh, Damian Barley, make sure you follow him up on Twitter. <laughs> Very at, true. Yeah. At, <laughs> at, Payton's just waiting. Yeah, at Damian Barley up on Twitter. I just scrolled through your tweets. I saw a, a podcast about Kanye uh, that you had posted. <laughs> uh, we just proposed yeah. a Taylor Swift, Kanye, Super Bowl halftime show. Are you in? Oh, that would get attention. 
Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm always down for a Kanye show. He's a he's a unique, unique character to put it like nicely. But that dude makes music, and if if, if that would be the ultimate, no one would. I, in a certain walk of life, no one would be talking about the game next day if Kanye jumped on stage again with Taylor Swift. It would be fantastic, and if they just kind of sort of mocked the award show and read some way or another redid it, but in a certain way, and she cuts him off. I don't know, but it, it has. If, oh. if she gets the headline, it's got to be done. I'm, I'm I'm booking this in my head right now. I can hear it. The yeah. record scratches. The music hits. Kanye pops on stage and says, "I'm gonna let you finish." I'm gonna let you finish. Let you finish. But and then you know the the beat to for the you know through the wire drops or something. Oh man, uh, I'll I'll say this, uh, and you'll probably know exactly what I'm talking about. I was at a Kanye show in Sacramento, Damien. Uh, wow, it was fun. We're, w- w- wait, were you at the Kanye show in Sacramento? Oh, oh I was. Oh wow, <laughs> that might it, be one of Sacramento's biggest moments. It ever. was. I think it was the fourth we time I show the- that Kanye lost it at yeah i think it was the fourth time i'd seen him on that tour he was in vegas and la and uh i saw him twice in vegas saw him in la and then uh, yeah i was there it was uh it was wild it was a good time i wasn't at that show but i've seen him a couple of times man and there's you know you could question anything you want to about kanye but not his not his performing ability no oh, he's great great stuff as always you your performing ability great with us all the time as well <laughs> follow him up on twitter at damian barley what do you got coming up that people should check out uh, well, the podcast that you're referring to is called Corners of the Culture. It's just a little side project that we launched through our company uh, with one of our FM stations that we've had a lot of fun with. We dive into, obviously, in this episode, we were talking about the complexities of Kanye West, and it was dope because the day the podcast dropped, he did an interview on Good Morning America, so it kind of worked out perfectly for us. We've done album reviews. We look back at the blueprint, ready to die. We try to do current stuff, past stuff. We try to teach the history of hip-hop. So- Check it out. Thanks, man. Because I believe that the Cleveland Browns are plenty you, fine. I tell you what, one of these boys hit me while I'm in a uniform. They will not be playing tonight. Yeah, uh, the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> tell you that. Are, to be, we're, this is you can't get analysis like this, Colleen. You just you can't buy it. Okay. You want me to come out of retirement? They don't want that. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. It is back here Friday afternoon at Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez, getting you ready for the week ahead in the in the NFL, college football, so many other things going on as well. Uh, I wanted to get into some of the national football notes, but uh, I did earlier kind of shortchange us on the Aaron Judge discussion. You look like you do care. I said I don't care about Aaron Judge and getting 61. There's been people who surpass it. I don't know who's clean and who's not. I'm not going to say... Well, those guys were dirty. He's clean. Who knows? I, you know what? I, I just want to know, and I don't say this in an accusatory manner, but I do want to know, like, as like, because it seemed like a couple of weeks ago, it was like every day, right? It was something. He was hit. He was stroking. He was on a like on a X amount of game streak. How random are his tests? <laughs> Who again? The the testing. Major League Baseball and sports in general, you never know what is going on. I'm not even. I'm not even suggesting that Aaron. No, that's I don't want to go down that road. I'm not suggesting that he's on. I'm just wondering if they, if it's like 
the, at the, the, the pace that he's going, or that he was on that tear a couple weeks ago, it seemed like every day he was hit. I just, that's what I want to know because that, we know, we know sudden, in, the, in the NFL, like if a guy, you know, does an interview with his shirt off and, all of a, and he's like, he's all yoked, all of a sudden he gets a random test the next day. If the pictures are circulating in the internet, random test the next day. We know how that works. I, but we I, walked I, I'm right not by even, the drug testing room, by the way. We did. Every, <laughs> every, every day. Every day. Every day. Uh, I'm not even suggesting anything about Aaron Judge. My, my whole thing is I don't know who in the past. Let's just say Aaron Judge is totally clean right. and this is awesome okay. yeah. and everybody's excited about it. Yeah. But now we're just making random, well, all these guys are dirty, but now it's a clean one. So now we can get excited about it. Like The record is the record. I, yeah. I understand that there's a lot of asterisks and a lot of nastiness and people are mad about it. I get all, that, all those things for sure. And there probably should be a way to – to say, well, these count, these don't, this matters, this doesn't. All those things should probably happen. Right. But to me, I just can't get fired up of, well, this would have been the record if they would have tested it. If it, like, the record is the record. The record is now not 61 anymore. So this whole chase of, hey, we want the clean guy to get it now, the record is what it is. Like, we're not, we don't change and say this record in this situation, but this record no, in this situation. Exactly. And, and, and if you want to say, hey, we believe he's clean and he should he should have the record. You can do that, but I'm not going to get fired up every time he has an at bat and pretend like there's this new record. No, but it, the only thing that I'm kind of intrigued with just is the the games played, right? Because Babe Ruth did it in a certain amount, and then Maris did it in a certain amount, and now Judge has a few games to go before he hits that mark. That's the only one I, I, I I'm more interested in that than anything else, just because to see, because you always do hear that it's brought up, you know, this guy had this much time to do with this. So past that, I'm with you 100%. Like I'm not, I'm not about the asterisk. I'm not going to sit here and try to pinpoint who, because you know what, before, uh, before there was a snitch, who we don't know who was on before all that came out. We don't know who who's taken whatever. So, yeah, the unknown. The, the unknown. What? Well, one thing we do know. This is, I mean, a ridiculous segue, but fine. Okay. Uh, the Lions' offense is better than it's been in a long, long time. They are Holy fun. They are fun to watch right now. Though they can't stop anyone. But as somebody who, you know, has a lot of Lions fans in my family who grew up there for a very short time, uh, <laughs> born in Detroit and lived there for a few years, uh, I still keep an eye on the Lions, and I want them to have success. I, they've got Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan right down the road. This is great, but they can't stop anybody, but they are scoring points. They are fun to watch finally. And we do love the coach. Oh, yeah. I mean, who doesn't love MCDC, Dan Campbell? One of five teams to average 400 or more yards of total offense per game through the first two weeks. Tied for second in scoring offense, 35.5 points per game. They visit Minnesota on Sunday. Could be big. I mean, if they put some points up and get into a shootout, anything could happen. It'll be a fun game. We'll get to some picks, some breakdown of the games in a little bit. Next, our good friend, Stanford Route. We have a story that we heard today we got to ask him about. Fourth down. Brown in motion. He goes inside of Ertz. Snap to Murray. Backing up. Off his back foot for Brown. At the 15. Caught it. Nice dropped. Deron Harmon came over the top, and he jarred it loose with a huge hit. Turnover on downs. Raiders football in overtime with a chance to win. It's time for former Oakland Raider and NFL insider Stanford Rout on Cofield and Company. Oh, that was the moment. It seemed like it was all going to go in the Raiders' direction after that. 
Deron Harmon breaks up the pass. The Raiders get the ball back, needing just a field goal to win the game, and they almost got there before disaster. And the fumble return, longest fumble return for a touchdown in overtime in NFL history. Wild, wild ending last week. We have to break it all down and, more importantly, look forward to how the Raiders overcome this and get things going back in the right direction with our good friend Stanford Route. But, Stanford, first of all, how you doing? Uh, oh, I'm, uh, I'm doing about as good as to be expected after a reminder of the debacle uh, this past Sunday afternoon out there in uh, Las Vegas. So, fellas, uh, it's, it's a new week, but uh, definitely still stings a little bit. Well, let me before we get into the Raiders, let me start with a story that I heard today. I'm always excited to talk to you and hear uh, hear your thoughts on what's going on with the Raiders and around the NFL. But I I heard a story about you today. Well, it wasn't really about you, but you were involved in it, and I wanted to run it by you and see if you remember and if it's accurate at all. So we'll start with that. I heard that Justin Fargus uh, was paying off some bets in the locker room at one point. I mean, uh, you know, not real money, just uh, you know, little uh, whatever, trading some tokens or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had he had lost on the Cal Stanford game to some teammates in the locker room to some of the Stanford players, and that he paid you off as well because your name was Stanford, so that counted as a win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we actually did have a bet. Uh, I believe, uh, yeah, USC was playing Stanford one of those years. Okay. And, uh, yeah, because my name is Stanford, I just kind of joined in on the bet, <laughs> just, you know, just for, you know, just for giggles. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, that is uh, that is true. Okay, that makes more sense. I, I thought he just assumed that because your name was Stanford, you just win. You didn't you weren't a part of it. You actually did get in on the bet. That makes a little bit more oh, sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got in on that. He knows okay. that I'm from Texas. He knows that I went to University of Houston <laughs> and all that. I just simply just want to get in, get in on the bet because I, I just didn't want to feel left out. Good. I'm glad we cleared that up and got to start with that instead of looking back on whatever it was that happened last week. Uh, I'll start with this. I know you are a defensive player, and I want to stick up for the Raiders' defense a little bit. I thought they played really well for most of the game. I mean, there's a couple fourth-down stops you want to come up with. There's two-point conversions you want to come up with, but – for three quarters, they played really, really well. They got a stop on a fourth down early in the fourth quarter and then got no help from the offense in terms of any first downs. And the defense was on the field for like a 1,000 plays. At some point, you're going to give something up. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, you know, you got you to you play complimentary football. There's no doubt about that. I think the defense, to go ahead and blow that lead, being up 20-0, to zero, obviously that's something that leaves a lot to be desired. Let's just go ahead and put it like that. But, you know, just like what you're saying, you know, the offense, they got to be able to, to sustain drives. They got to be able to try to find a way to at least alleviate the pressure off the defense with them being out there as many plays as they've been. So I think that uh, collectively, that was a collective team loss, in my opinion. But obviously, blowing a 20 point lead, you're going to first look at the defense. Stanford. The, the big question after the first two weeks, you hear everybody talk about, you know, oh, man, Chandler Jones, where is he at? Where is he at? And it's only two weeks into the season, and I get it. You know, he was brought over, paid a lot of money to book in Max Crosby. First week, you're going against Justin Herbert, who's supposed to be a top-five quarterback. They had yep. some pressures. They had some hurries. Last week, you're going against your former team, who they know how to double and triple team off the edge, forcing, you know, Max Crosby's doing work, forcing them one way or the other. Is is it cause for concern, or is it? It's got to be way too soon to push the panic button that these guys haven't registered a sack yet. It definitely is something that makes you just kind of squint your eyes a little bit. You know, obviously, you're not going to always have 
those monstrous numbers. You're not going to always have seasons with monstrous numbers, but it is something that makes you kind of stop and think, okay, uh, what's kind of going on? Because, you know, we paid a lot of money, these two guys, and they're supposed to be the bookends. They're supposed to be helping out the secondary, which we did not address to the extent that we should have in the offseason, but let me digress. So for a brief... for. It, it, it does definitely make you raise an eyebrow. And I think that if you see another goose egg in that category against the Tennessee Titans this Sunday, then that's going to be even more of a cause for concern. I, I see, you know, we talk about sacks, and obviously sacks is an easy thing to, to point to and circle. Uh, but we have kind of evolved to where we talk a lot more about pressures. Like, th- does it matter if they actually finish the sacks, if they're getting pressure and causing disruption and causing chaos in the backfield well i think that we go ahead and just put it in this equation right here would you guys give a cornerback a pass if he got beat on a touchdown but he was right there in good position (laughs) i mean yes i i kind of do you may give him a pass the first two times okay Okay. (laughs) but after the third fourth fifth time you're not gonna give him a pass no more um so i think that uh obviously getting to the quarterback is not easy we all know that. They're like, so let me first get that out there. But when you're being paid a certain number, you're expected to get to the quarterback and get them down on the ground. And while pressures are a good thing, which shows that you're being productive, you're not just being out there, just being completely uh, uh, dormant uh, by any stretch. It is something that you have to go ahead and affect the play to a higher degree because we all know when you look at guys like Aaron Rodgers, they have great numbers against the blitz against the rush so uh you can't always count on oh well he's getting pressure though yeah but some quarterbacks eat pressure for lunch but i tell you this i've never seen a quarterback be successful while he's throwing the ball from his back because he just got (laughs) sacked so that's why you got to go ahead and finish the deed especially when you're being paid handsomely to do just that all right, checkmate on me. That was a good one. Uh, that's, that's a solid point. Um, I want to go back to the the wild two-point conversion play that Kyler Murray scored on last week. Obviously, the plan was, you know, make sure he stays in the pocket, only rush two, play coverage, you know, make sure that he's not able to beat you with his feet by getting outside the pocket and making a play that way. At some point, if that is the plan for a defensive player, do you have to throw that out if you're covering somebody and just go attack? Like can you can you allow him to just run around like that, or do you stick to the plan throughout the duration of the play, no matter how long it is? Well, you, that's the thing. You pretty much have to stick to the plan throughout the duration of the play because you really don't have any other alternatives. Now, once the quarterback breaks the pocket, the pocket, you can uh, you can get your hands on him and things like that once they're out of the pocket. But you're still gonna have to chase that guy around all throughout the play, and especially when you got guys like Omar Jackson, a Kyler Murray, guys who can extend plays for lengthy periods of time. That's just the downside. That's just the that that's just wherein lies the rub for a defensive back that you have to be out there for that lengthy period of time. Same thing for a D lineman or an edge rusher that you got to be out there until you can get the guy down, and that's why they call it the NFL. And it's no longer college, it's no longer high school, things like that, because it's truly the best of the best. And there's no participation trophies up here uh, in the big leagues. You got to make sure to make to make the play. What, as a former player watching that, what what were you thinking on that play? I was just like, wow, this guy is literally running around here, and he's five ten. 
So he and he looks so he looks so miniature when he's on the football field, almost kind of like he's a child running around with his mom's cell phone, and you know his mom and dad are chasing him. But obviously, you know, I can't say too much because Kyler Murray's a fantastic player. We all know that. But just watching it, that's what I'm thinking. That's what it's giving me remnants of because of how miniature he is. But the simple fact that you have a Max Crosby, you have a Chandler Jones, who obviously we all know those are two of the better pass rushers in this league. Ch- uh, I'm sorry, uh, Max Crosby making all pro last year. But for them to not be able to get Kyler Murray down, it just goes to show his greatness and how even though it looks a little odd when you're watching it on your TV screen, obviously this kid is uh, is here to play and he's here to stay in this league for a lengthy period of time. But nonetheless, for a Las Vegas Raider, you got to be able to find a way to get that guy down. Stanford route, always great with the breakdowns, joins us each and every week here on Cofield and Company. Uh, as a defensive back, when you're getting ready to play a guy like Derrick Henry, are you just hoping they don't run anything outside? <laughs> I tell you this, you know what? <laughs> Most DBs won't say this, but you kind of are really hoping that they don't run anything outside. Because, man, I tell you, that is like a that's like trying to tackle a stallion, or just trying to tackle, you know, some 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 huge, massive jungle animal, something like that, uh, to go ahead and try to go toe to toe with the Derrick Henry. But nonetheless, whenever the ball gets out to you, you got to do your best job to go ahead and get him down. And I think that it would behoove the Las Vegas Raiders defense to try to keep him in the box try to keep him bottled up get to him before he gets his pad square and before he's able to go ahead and get to that second level before he's able to get going get a full head of steam because once he gets a full head of steam we all see that he's led the league in rushing for a reason he's had he's had big games in the playoffs against the baltimore ravens teams like that for a reason so you definitely have to make sure that you get him down no matter whether he goes inside outside you gotta just bow your neck up and and do what you gotta do as a defensive player Easier said than done. So, Stanford, let me ask you this, because I asked Devon, Diab- Devon Di- Diablo the other day, and he was like, "You, once he gets the first step, like, he doesn't stop. It's just it's just a constant movement. And he said, you got to catch him on the first. How? How do you, I mean, whether you're a DB, a linebacker, defensive, I mean, how do you, because he's going to have the momentum once he hits that line of scrimmage. If he breaks through, he's into his third, fourth, fifth step. How do you catch him before he builds up the momentum that he builds within one and a half seconds to blast you? I mean, what do you do to this guy as a defensive player? Penetration. That's uh, that's the key. As you see that the Tennessee Titans are 0-2, correct? Huh, yeah. Correct? So they yep. started off losing to the Giants. Then right. they lose to the Bills. And Derrick Henry has, what, 107 rushing yards, I believe, in the first two games of the season. So it, clearly it can be done. And what a lot of it is, is penetration on those defensive line parts. So you want to get to him before he gets going, even going all the way back to his pre-draft evaluation. That's what a lot of people were saying about him is that obviously he's a great running back. We all know that. But if you can get to him before he gets going, he's much easier to bring down. He is not able to get that full head of steam. He's not able to have that explosion and things like that. So you best have to get to him before he gets to the second level, before he gets to that second step, like what Diablo was saying. And I think that that right there is predicated on penetration, keeping eight in the box sometimes. And I think you're able to do that because you don't have A.J. AJ, uh, AJ Brown, you don't have a Julio Jones that you have to worry about on the edges anymore versus that Tennessee Titans offense. So you're going to have to make sure 
that you do not let Derrick Henry, king uh, the king of the mammals, going because <laughs> if you do, it's going to be a long day for you. Great, great stuff as always. Make sure you check out the podcast, Believe in Raiders. Follow them up on Twitter, uh, Stanford Route. Always with a great analysis. Anytime you can hear him speak, you will get smarter about football. S Route 26 up on Twitter. Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure. Man, you guys be good. Talk to you next week. Yes, sir. Great stuff from him. And uh, I don't want to tackle Derrick Henry. Oh, no. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a fun a fun Sunday for me. I mean, Nashville is, in a, is a great town, but uh, for the players that have to try to tackle him, good luck to them for sure. Uh, good luck to everyone playing this week. We'll try to break down all of the games. We're trying to make some wagers. We'll try to help you out with that. Getting into some UNLV football with Steve Cofield coming up in a little bit as well. Uh, breakdown of all of the games this weekend in the NFL and a little bit more on the Raiders and the Golden Knights. Raiders going to Nashville to play the Titans. Golden Knights opening up training camp. So much more. We continue Golden Circle at the T.I.